it's got this great late 70s 80s vibe where like it's all everything's all these like fucked up puppets and like you know everything is (laughs) everything's real (laughs) i love that Hi there. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm Hecate, and this is Finding Okay, a healing podcast for survivors of sexual assault and abuse. Happy Hanukkah to all my listeners who are celebrating, and a very blessed Yule to all my witches and pagans. I hope your holiday is filled with love, light, and laughter. Don't forget to check out the Great Conjunction with Jupiter and Saturn, or the Star of Bethlehem while it's visible. It is the third week of the month, and that means it's time for more Movie Talk with Kim. But first, it's time for... Trigger and content warnings for this episode include the following. PTSD, trauma, horror movies, gore, pedophilia undertones in film, rape in a film, and religion. Please check in with yourself and make sure you're all right to continue. Edge of Tomorrow. You hadn't seen that, right? If I did, it was so many years ago that I have no memory of it, so I have to rewatch it. But what is it about? Which it, which character did, it's were you uh, mentioning? Em- Emily Blunt. Fantastic who, actress. Who, you know, she was like in a, a Quiet Place. Quiet Place? Yeah. She's also great in that movie, but that's it's definitely more of a... Like, I've never it, heard of that. It feels more of like an Aliens Ripley dynamic going on in that movie. Hmm kind of more you know again more of the the strong mother character kind of approach you know but in edge of tomorrow she is like she is like legendary in that movie where it's like the plot is like tom cruise is like he's you know trying to blackmail this general this military general to get out of getting into combat of any kind this is kind of just like a spokesman for like you know this technology that you know he's helped invent and work on and he again he gets like <laughs> he gets handcuffed for deserting and then he ends up on this you know british military you know barracks where they're about to go into war with the aliens that are uh, taking over the world that are fighting mm. fighting the world and he gets there and then he dies in battle and he's terrible and he's afraid he's like the opposite of every tom cruise character you've ever seen in a movie mm. you know he's like not unsure of himself not a badass not confident, not strong, very scared, like, you know, just completely out of his element, fish out of water, even though he's in the military, quote unquote, he's just like, now he's with the infantry and he dies and then he wakes up right where he appeared the day, you know, earlier in the day where he arrived at the barracks and he keeps dying in battle and waking mm-hmm. up again and repeating the day, but he's, he starts trying to figure out things going on and then he meets Emily Blunt and this had happened to her before and that's how the humans won the great battle at verdun that they had won against the aliens because basically she was time traveling like bill murray groundhog day time traveling Mm. and she's so badass in that movie she not only has one nickname but she has two nicknames in that movie (laughs) that is like can you think the last time you, someone had two nicknames because of how badass <laughs> they are? It is impressive. I love that standard. <laughs> I think that's pretty impressive. She goes by the Angel of Verdun because it was the Battle of Verdun, you know, in uh, against these aliens. So she's also known as the Angel of Verdun or Full Metal Bitch. Those are her two nicknames. 
I wouldn't say no to either of those. I mean, they're pretty badass. They're pretty badass names. And she basically trains Tom Cruise. She's like the kung. It's like it's almost like a kung fu movie in some ways, where it's like Tom Cruise is training under this great, you know, Shaolin master, so to speak. So it's it's actually kind of like a kung fu movie mixed in with alien invasion sci-fi mixed in with groundhog day <laughs> and it's great it sounds good i think i think you would really now. dig it yeah god i i'm a sucker for time travel so oh you would love it you would love it but yeah I, emily blunt she is like she is like the most type a badass character it's wonderful she's just like so in charge and of course tom cruise has to re-meet her every day and she's like very hard to get a hold of and she's like in the middle of this dangerous training thing and like he has to just keep re-meeting her every day it's pretty intense i'm gonna look up what there was something i saw recently that i wanted to mention shit what's that actress's name they're immortal they're like a society they like work behind the scenes to like just do good in the world or do fight the fights that need fighting you know, expert fighting, like military kind of precision oh, okay. woman, like weapons expert, oh, martial that's cool. arts expert. Um, the severity, the seriousness, the immersion into the life that kind of like came through the old guard. Oh, I almost watched that last night. Watch it. I think you might appreciate it. Oh, with um. Oh my God, what's her name? With um. Uh, ba 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 ba. Charlize Theron, right? Thank you. Yes. Yeah, oh, I could not yeah. come up with her name. She's cool. I like her. Yeah, and she's just been taking like more and more badass roles. Um, I've noticed she that gets too. Older actually, and like that's sinking true. into it, and it's so I'm all fucking about it. Well, for for those listeners out there that are looking for a great trans movie, watch Tangerine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also a Christmas movie. If you're looking for a good Christmas movie, Tangerine. Oh my God, was it? It was a Christmas movie. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't. I don't remember that. Well, That's it's because they, they're in like um, they're like in L.A. and it's like there's mm-hmm. there's no snow or anything. Yeah. yeah it is a, a Christmas movie, movie though, mm-hmm. and it's a story about friendship. It is and not taking any crap. <laughs> Definitely not. That was beautiful. I think that might be my favorite trans movie. Uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's the best one. I can't yeah. I can't think of a better one. All the other mm-hmm. ones are like, I'm so sad. Like it's so sad to be trans. Focus on dysphoria and transition, and, right? Yeah. and everyone giving you shit, and it's you just know. like, oh, I've had enough of this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tangerine is just so good. It's like way more way more fun and it doesn't feel like it's like the focus of like the story it's just like the characters you know yeah and it's it's yeah more you're right than that. it's not like that's not all that right it's not the plot of the movie they are right? yeah that's not like the entirety of their identity is you know they yes they just happen to be trans like also like we're people and this is what's happening to us and and how we're responding to it and um and the relationships that we hold yeah, they're like they're, they're. It's a trans movie for trans people to enjoy, mm-hmm. as opposed to for people to um, get a lecture on dysphoria or whatever. Mm-hmm. Here's here's an introduction, and <laughs> right, know, right. for first this folks, you know, because obviously everyone watching is cis. Yeah, and they ends up being. They, and this is for everyone who doesn't know who Laverne Cox is. Mm-hmm. Basically, yeah. 
Yeah. I heard she's doing some kind of documentary that's going to come out on either Netflix or Amazon. Did you hear about this? No, but I did hear of the horror movie that she's in. <gasps> what? Yeah, you didn't hear what about this? Movie? It's no, on no, Hulu. No, no. I haven't seen it yet, and it's called <gasps> Bad Hair. Oh, shit. I wanted to see that so yeah, bad. Is she in too, that? Yeah, me too. Me too. She's <gasps> in that. Yeah. Oh, God. That looks so fucking good. I don't know if she's like a main character, but I know she's in the trailer. She, it looks like she's the one doing the hair. So I'm sure she has some sort of oh, integral that's role, you know, so. Yeah. But bad hair. I mean, I would I would definitely see that. Oh, yeah. I really wanted to see that. Oh, that looks so fucking good. It reminds me of um that really weird movie that I told you about that I saw called In, Fab- In Fabric. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, that movie's really weird. And that's me saying the movie's really weird. Yeah. And it and it does this thing, like, it's good. Like, the first half of the movie's good, but it does, like, this thing where, it, like, it almost feels like two different movies put together that are part of the series it feels like two shorter movies it's like it follows one character and then it follows like another character for like the second half of the movie mm, it all ties together in a in a strange way but hmm. it kind of broke the momentum for me and then i'm just kind of like hey where's that character that i really liked why aren't they in this movie anymore <laughs> what, what are we doing now <laughs> yeah why well, this is our new character i'm not <laughs> enjoying this as much another a24 film oh yeah oh yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, if you're listening to this, like A24 has been killing it and uh, pay attention. <laughs> For years now, yeah. Yeah. Even their earlier stuff was really cool. Smart choices. No, I love stuff like that too. I was telling you about uh, Annihilation the other night. Love it. Did, did you end up seeing it? Is that the one with Natalie Portman? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I found it. Some people didn't like it. Oh, yeah. We talked about the um that end scene. Oh. Um I love that, that. that's very like physical and uh and fascinating and oh and I she's such a great actress. I adore her. Yeah, that movie's like really like I feel like the messages in that movie are really powerful and Agreed. really thoughtful, especially at the end of the movie when they return. You know, and he's mm-hmm. changed because he was like a copy or whatever, and she's changed through the whole experience. And it's kind of almost like a reflection on veterans coming mm-hmm. coming back home after mm-hmm. experiencing horrible things, and and either not necessarily PTSD, but just becoming a changed person when coming back than how they left. The questions of are they the same person? This is just something that can happen to people that you, you change through your experiences, especially one such as that, you know, that was the yeah. kind of the thing that I got from the end. That's they, interesting. It seemed like a very thoughtful, like sensitive kind of, uh, you know, symbolism of showing people going in, into the unknown and seeing things they don't necessarily would ever want to see and things they mm-hmm. can't unsee. And with the the shimmer being a barrier, like the idea of it being something that you have to like cross over into and that if you're not right, in right. it, you can't know it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and exactly. That's very interesting and and definitely can relate to to combat situations. If you don't if you're not in it, you can't possibly fully know it. Yeah, you can't possibly yeah, understand what the experience would be like. Yeah. As much as you read or hear accounts of is yeah. It's absolutely true. Yeah, there's there's definitely there's empathy and then there's experience. Yeah, and they're 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 both important and yeah, definitely. 
and yeah, I just love that movie. It's like, and then it like, yeah, it, it bends genres like like crazy. It's just like, it's, yeah. it's got is it like sci-fi? a drama. Is it drama? Is it horror? Yeah. It's, right. Yeah, it's an interesting is, one. Is it action? Is it adventure? Is it, it's just a kind of a little bit of everything. Oh, it's got that one great Grey's Anatomy scene in that movie. You know what I'm talking about? The scene that I always think of was the, um, at the bottom of the pool, the like, yes. very, like fungal. Yeah. Yes. Oh. That I'm in scene. love with that visual. Where they find the video. Oh, I don't remember the video. I just remember of like, them at the, the bottom of the pool with the guy that they find later. You know what I'm talking about? Where they're like cutting the guy open and his like insides are like moving around. See, I don't remember that. I just oh, remember. Really? I just remember like what he became, like oh, across the wall, like the 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 very like yes mycelial anatomy kind yeah, of it was beautiful. Situation. It was it was gorgeous. It was so visually just a very. I'm a sucker for visually stunning movies. And oh, me too. A, yeah, definitely there. I'm all about like just yeah profoundly just kind of bizarre and beautiful you know imagery in movies. I just mm-hmm. I'm always paying attention to stuff like that and but yeah it, it was but it, it had like the 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 bones and the skull you know and the rib cage and was incorporated into the thing and mm-hmm. it was like very disturbing and spooky but just so beautiful with the the symmetry and the colors and mm-hmm. but yeah the the, the video the, the video they find is of that guy before that turns into the thing on the wall it's so it's so brutal it's like mm. great great um effects yeah that was an intense movie i liked it a lot it was so intense i wanted to talk about this thing that's been on my mind in movies that i never really considered before and then i saw this video on youtube and it's it's called born sexy yesterday have you ever heard of this no this theory this concept it's this trope in movies that are in a lot of movies and it's i've always been kind of uncomfortable with it but i never really like analyze it and then like and i saw this great video and it talks about some of the a, a few examples of these roles in movies where it's like you have this this kind of you have this male character and they're kind of just the most average person ever you know that's like their character mm-hmm. They're no one special. You know, they're not that great. They're Joe. not that bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they they come across a, a beautiful woman who either is like an alien or like another, you know, species or something mm-hmm. or like a computer program or, you know what I mean? But in, in, they have no experience. They're just like, what? Yeah. What's going on? And then a you childlike innocence that a is problematic. Innocence. Yes, yes. You know where I'm going with this. I know exactly. As soon as I saw the, I, I typed that in and I saw the image of Lilu and I knew exactly yes, that's what you were the, talking about. That's one about. of the best examples is The Fifth Element because I think that movie is awesome. I, think I, it's I fucking adore movie. it. But as soon as you put it in terms of Born Sexy Yesterday yeah. as a trope, I'm like, yes. You know where I also kind of see disturbing. it as really problematic is anime. That shit shows up all the oh anime time. yeah yeah, yeah. it is a real problem <laughs> it's rampant in anime that's very yeah it's true. a fanboy wet dream yeah it's it's the the average um joe's like ultimate fantasy kind yeah of thing and it does it has that creepy kind of like you know pedophile undertone it's yes. just very uncomfortable 
Yes. And it's just like, I remember one of my friends brought this up with Kess on Voyager, and I didn't really feel almost the same way about Kess just because of don't... her personality. And the way uh, yeah, there's smart a personality, she was and, and then like they get around it with like you know, like yeah, but her life cycle is different. Her species age is right, different. Right. Therefore, her being like three years old yeah. is different because of the way like presumably right. her brain matures, and it's yeah. you know her brain and her body, and it's like that the Kess issue has been brought up a lot, like within mm. certain circles. Like, totally. and I'm I'm really interested in that because yeah, from a certain angle, that's messed up. <laughs> But then with Lilu, it's like it's way more very you know, pronounced. Yeah, exactly. It's it's way more obvious. And like there are other examples too, like my stepmother is an alien, you know, splash, you know, that's a big one. Mm, mm. Uh the neutron, tron legacy, demolition man to a certain degree as well. It's a little uncomfortable. And then uh I noticed too in the video that they talk about the other the the other side of the coin. And there's actually some really interesting great movies that do it the other way around, that somehow don't make it creepy and horrible, where it's like uh, a young, you know, like a more innocent, you know, man or boy with like an older woman, like like Big, if you're, you know, with Tom Hanks, you know, Starman, Pleasantville even to a certain degree, mm. um, Blast from the Past with Brendan Fraser. In those movies, it, it, they always treat the them with mind. more respect and, and it never gets sexually creepy at any point. Mm. And it, it seems more like they like them for who they are as opposed to their their inexperience of the world and what a really great guy would be versus like a really average whatever kind of shitty guy. You know what mm. I mean? Yeah. Wow. Blast from the past. That was literally a blast from the past. I haven't yeah, thought I about that movie in the longest time. I know my movies. Yeah. So much to talk about. And that's amazing. I love Born Sexy Yesterday. That is spot on. Yeah, I just thought it was in the video wasn't even it was, it was made by a guy and you just really mm -hmm. he was very concerned about these tropes in movies. I was like, wow, just what a great video. Just what a great ally and someone to talk about stuff like this in a really yeah. logical, very lecture, very well studied presentation, you know, I'll link that in the episode notes. I thought it was great. I think it's worth watching. He's got some other videos, too, that are worth watching that show why the Big Bang Theory is problematic in many ways, mm. <laughs> which I've always agreed. I'm like, this show is trash. <laughs> There's no jokes. And they're like, the sexism is like off the wall in that show. I never got into that show. At, at first, when you said like, why, why the Big Bang Theory is like problematic, I instantly like I just went literally to... The scientific theory and i was like really because i think it has merit and that's honestly what i hold up as like as far as the creation of the universe like i think that's what happens i was like but what about <laughs> like i just went straight to yeah what if i just like forgot started, about like, the TV dropping show. bombs on you i'm like yo i just screw the big bang theory yeah i was like excuse me yeah, satan is king uh, hail satan Hell Satan. Satan created mm. the universe in in four days. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you know the band Ghost, right? Oh yeah, of course. Of course. I just instantly am in my head singing the song like he is. Oh yeah. So solid. And then also like uh one song that's like made me cry a little bit like during quarantine is um oh, I can't remember the title of the song. I'm gonna have to look it up because Ghost. Bible is the title of the song. Oh, okay. Um, but it's about the creation of the earth. It's 
about like the fall of of Earth, basically, and how it was spoiled by man. Mm. And uh, classic, classic black metal lyrics. <laughs> yeah, like, and and it's and and then like the uh, the refrain is like, now who will pray for Babylon? Sing a song to Babylon on your knees before Babylon. Beat that drum because Babylon is falling, and it's this really emotional like triumphant music and like and i uh, like i'll i've played it like a couple times during quarantine in the middle of a fucking global pandemic feeling like it's the <laughs> goddamn apocalypse and just That's thinking right. of like everything we've fucked up and i'm looking up at the sky through like my skylight and just like babylon is falling and i'm just like ah. <laughs> and it's this you know goofy guy and like skull makeup oh my god i love the makeup for ghosts it's so <laughs> oh, good. i adore it i i love that bands it is like the perfect amount of goofy for me <laughs> all about it you wanted to talk about uh born sexy yesterday is yeah that i don't thing? know if i if i have too much to add upon it i just i just thought it was i don't know it's just it's just one of those things when you know you rewatch old movies you know that you really loved before it's just oh, yeah. you know some things that you come across you know that's one of many things you know that you know in retrospect mm-hmm. of some movies where you're just like these really haven't aged well in this way like yeah. especially like james bond movies as i've oh, gotten older god damn it yeah they do not age well holy shit and Go- i loved golden eye growing up i thought golden eye was just the greatest and to some degree mm-hmm. i still really do love the dramatic elements of golden eye everything but just the way that like bond and like uh just yeah, he's just it's just very aggressive and it's very like non-consensual. Mm-hmm. It's not endearing, you know. It's it's just not really comfortable to watch. Yeah, there's there's often like in in some of this older stuff, there's this what past is like sexuality, it's sexual menace, and it's yeah, seriously, it was just like fine at the time, and you know we're 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 rewatching now and being like, what the fuck is this? Right. And like maybe if it was like framed as like something that's not good, you know, we're like, oh, this is Bond's like dark side or whatever, you know, you can yeah. do that in the movie. But they don't really frame it that way. Not at all. Like it's the part just that normal. Makes it uncomfortable. Yeah, it's it's normal or 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 it's something to be applauded. It's it's being you know like the you know alpha. Yeah, because I'm not like objecting to like bad things happening in movies and TV shows. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. But like, but frame you have it to frame properly. it right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You have to yeah. have it be part of a narrative that <laughs> makes sense. And yeah, yeah, I mean, you can have a horror movie that has like the most like disturbing shit you've ever seen. But like if it's delivering upon like if it's part of the heart of a story and it represents something mm-hmm. and it's like, you know, that that's what's important. <laughs> I feel moved to mention a movie that I don't know if you've ever seen, but if anybody's listening, I'm going to talk about this movie now. And I can't, I can't emphasize this enough. Don't fucking watch the movie. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Oh no, have don't I seen this movie? Watch the movie. I don't know. I'm gonna ask you. Dead girl? No, I have not. But it's on my non-list. Don't now. watch the movie. <laughs> like, not, it's too much. It's you might just get a curious. Much. It's it's one of those things where like, it's oh, basically God. like trigger the movie um because it's basically like these two like high school guys discover a zombie girl in the basement of some abandoned building and they keep and she was like she's like tied on a stretcher with like a sheet over her having been abandoned and she is undead she's 
just continues to exist. Right. And what happens from there is not good because they keep her down there and they abuse her. Oh my God. That's the movie. That's the movie is them, is them just sexually assaulting this dead girl. And then everything, it, it just keeps getting darker and darker. They spend more time down there. Um, doing terrible things and then like they end up like i can't remember if they like invite him or if he just like shows up but like you know some jock at the school comes like you know they lie to him about like it just you know and then there's like an extremely graphic scene with you know you know just um with it turns out you can get infected from this girl like you know Mm. she bites you um and this whole thing and uh and then there's you know like the girl that one of the guys likes and she ends up down there at some point like the girl escapes like she uh the the zombie girl like runs away into the dark she gets away but she's like bitten one of the guys and you know and he convinces this other kid that hasn't been bitten to let him save quote unquote this his crush who's down there who's who's dying who's been injured and who's dying and so let me let me save her let me bite her for you and then the movie ends with you seeing him now keeping his crush who's been turned into a zombie and he's like putting jewelry on her and she's dressed in a pretty dress and she's strapped down like and that's where it leaves you and it's like oh my god fuck did i just watch what the fuck did i just watch it was awful that's and it was just so it was awful kim don't watch this movie I can't believe Listeners, you, you watched the whole thing don't. too. I yeah, and I was like totally fucked up, and I was like, "What the? F- who made this?" And I looked into yeah. it, and there were like a bunch of articles, and they were like, <laughs> "Wow, like this really problematic movie." And I'm like, "Can you like put a flag on it?" Jesus, like I found it on Netflix. Oh, yeah, 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 early days of Netflix, and um, yeah, and I uh, I kind of like read some articles about it, and and you know, like the uh, in in terms of answering like it being like exploitative and just really just shock value and stuff like that. And the, the director was like, well, no, like what I was trying to do, like what I I was showing, like that this wasn't good, you know, like (laughs) the movie gets darker and darker. Like they, you know, like spend more and more time down there. They're isolated from, you know, like everything and, you know, and, and they, you know, it, it's about like what that does to them, like the decision to, you know, and it's just sort of like, yeah, but fuck you. Just, yeah, yeah okay, this- okay. You know, like I, I get what you think you were trying to say, right. but fuck you. You you just like raped a girl for like two hours. Fuck yeah, you. Like, like <laughs> just, it just left me like really unimpressed with like your your message. Yeah, like, you made like the lowest form of like torture porn like there is. Exactly. For, like fuck a, you. a horror movie. <laughs> Like Saw, was, um, Saw 2 is like Citizen Kane, like compared to this movie. <laughs> kind of. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a trip. Like the the only thing I got out of it was this really beautiful song that I continue to love. So like, Aww. honestly, well, if it weren't sweet. for this, yeah, like if it weren't for this really powerful, beautiful song that I, that plays at the ends, the whole thing, I honestly would have like erased viciously, like scrubbed from my mind. <laughs> right, right. Because <laughs> I've done that with plenty of movies where it's like, oh, let's just you know, like boop, press delete. <laughs> right. Like I don't. The, I don't. They're editing the movie, and they're like, you know what? We need something to heal people after this movie. Can we put a nice song at the mm. end for everyone that made it through? Yeah, I was uh, 
It was oh weird. My God. That sounds like a terrible movie. I saw a really terrible movie. It was not as terrible sounding as that, that movie. It takes it, a cake. <laughs> it was still pretty bad. It was uh, called Creep. Have you ever heard of this movie? Oh, shit. That sounds so familiar. What is it? It's like um, it's like a found footage like horror movie. Hmm. And it's it's very poorly done. Is this the one that you watched recently that you mentioned? You saw a terrible movie last night, you said? Yeah, this is the one that I watched last night. Yeah. Well, oh. I tried to watch another movie called I'm Thinking of Ending Things, which I saw on Netflix. Looks kind of interesting. Hmm. And I literally turned it off like 10, 15 minutes in the movie. Because oh. it was just like, it was so pretentious. And I love pretentious oh, movies. <laughs> like, and it was too much for me. It was like, you know, it was either the characters are talking. They're in like a doing a car trip going to like uh, this, you know, a young couple. Like hasn't been going out for long, going to boyfriend's parents for the weekend. And she's just like, you know, monologuing in her head. But we can hear it. And she's talking mm -hmm. back and forth. So it's just like, I felt like 10 minutes in. It felt like there was like 30 pages of scripts that we've already been through. You oh, know, Jesus. it just it just wouldn't end. And I was just like, nothing's happening. They're still in this fucking car. Like, mm. I thought Tony Collette was going to be in this movie, but I still haven't seen her yet. There's a reason why I wanted to watch this because Tony Collette. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I I'm not even going to watch this movie. I'm done. Mm. Mm. This is too much. They're like, you know show don't tell and they're just like telling me to death uh, like all these like really like over the head metaphors and i'm like yeah this is like i just I'm can't good. i can't watch this so mm. then i watched creep which was like the opposite movie which had like no metaphor or like symbolism or anything it was just like a story of a like a, a guy murdering people it was like a serial killer movie there's a story of like a guy just like he traps, he invites people to film him and film his life. And then he just, you know, goes he and then he eventually kills them. That's like the whole movie. It's pretty stupid. <laughs> it's mostly jump scares too, which I hate. Oh. It was creepy though. It was kind of creepy, but. I'm picky about jump scares. Like I. I yeah. They weren't I bad. I want them it was to fine. be intentional and like well-placed and, and you can't just have jump scares. Like I hate it when there's a movie that's like just one after another and it's just, you, you know, you lack elegance. Yeah. If you need jump scares to scare people, your movie's not scary. Honestly. Yes. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. I think of, um, I think of Alien. Because Alien had a, it had. I love jump that one scares. though. But yeah, like it had jump scares, but like there was enough going on besides that that like it built you up, it built up the tension to lead you to moments of jump scare. Totally, it, it had a right, it, and it was claustrophobic, and you know, was, there was a lot going on. It wasn't oh yeah. just it wasn't just things popping out of the dark at you. And and I've watched that movie with people that don't like horror movies, and people really love Alien even if they don't mm -hmm. enjoy horror movies. Like, I've, I found that, you know, people really actually love The Terminator and Alien. Like, you know, and I I find them both to be very disturbing horror movies, you know, mm -hmm. even after all the other ones I've seen. Terminator and Alien are, like, very disturbing because they feel so real. It's just, like, mm -hmm. everything's prosthetics. It's all, like, it's got this great late 70s, 80s vibe where, like, it's all, everything's all these like fucked up puppets and like, you know, everything is, <laughs> everything's <up> real. <laughs> I love that. And mm. it just, it, everything is real because it feels real because it is real. 
in mm-hmm. just the 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 half top half of the the cyborg, you know, the T eight hundred crawling after Sarah Connor at the end. I mean that that's still yeah. scary to this day. That's it, that's the scene that always yeah stay it with always you gets me that one. Oh, but, um, that was how James Cameron started writing the Terminator. Was he had a nightmare that that happened to him? Oh, I didn't know that. And then he started developing the Terminator. Mm. But that was like it. That was like the final scene of the movie of the final crawl. Yeah. The crawl. I can't even call it a chase. The, the final crawl. It's so good. It's very strong. It's really good. It's one of the best scenes in horror, like of all time. I think mm. it's so tense, so scary. Feels so real. You're rooting for Sarah. You're cheering her on. Yeah, we were talking a little bit earlier too about um, you know, not trying to lose your humanity mm-hmm. going through difficult things. And I think that's what T2 did such a great job with, where it showed Sarah battling with her losing her humanity, mm-hmm. read her experiences, which I thought was really powerful. Like the whole Miles Dyson scene is is so intense. Yes. That's inc- God, uh, what's that actor's name? Uh, his name is Joe Morden, I believe. Wow. And he's also in uh, What Lies Beneath. You're right. He's the therapist. Uh, he's the therapist. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, he was, he made that. Oh, he was so powerful. Oh, and T2. Yeah. Yeah. As Dyson. Oh, oh he's so it's God, incredible. He's exquisite. Exquisite as an actor. Like, and, and both like that scene in the house and then. Yeah, and then oh, yeah. in the building, like holding the, I don't know how long I can hold this. Oh, that's um, incredible. Shit. But yeah, oh my God. He was great. Like he made, he fucking like just nailed that shit. Like so strong. What an actor. Oh yeah. And Sarah is so scary. Like Linda yes. Hamilton is so scary in that scene. Like her face, yes. and it's like terrifying. Like she is a Terminator in that scene. Exactly. Yes. She's become what she is. It's hates. exactly it. Yes. Nail on the head. And she oh. has a moment where, you know, don't hurt my daddy. Exactly. And brings her brings her back to the that, Miles that Dyson, humanity. don't hurt my family. You know, what do you need? Yeah. What do you want? What do you need? I'll give you anything. Like and and she just it's has a moment fault. where she regains her humanity as soon yeah. as be- before uh John and uh Arnold come back in. Yeah, because she she had you're right, like cause part of what made her so terrifying, you're right. It was that machine kind of element where she had shut everything down mm-hmm. in order to do what she felt was necessary. That's right. And uh and it is Terminator like. And then that reawakening. Yeah. It was like she was happens. on a mission from God, you know. Yeah. She had that kind of determination. Yeah. And then that just like that gasp and that back off of, Oof, of where she saves she, herself. Oh yeah, from, yeah, yeah. And and is trying to like comfort them and back off. Oh, so powerful, so powerful. And you just think of her as the waitress at the restaurant at that moment. You're right. And There's I, something in her eyes know? that just comes right back to yes. life, and, yes. and that is that that freshness, that oh that God. youth, that innocence that you that you saw in the first movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, you know, and seeing T two first growing up before I ever saw Terminator the original, and never having seen her that way. Really interesting. Like seeing them in just like this backwards order, and and seeing that that enter her face and her and her mannerisms without ever having been given like the full glimpse into what sh- what she was before she was this, yeah. Before she was just the badass, like all she's lost in this struggle for to save mankind, essentially, you know, mm-hmm. which is like you know means saving her son. 
which is like a cl- a clearly like a metaphor, you know? Yeah. I think it's just pretty clear as day is like, you know, you know, John is the world. Yeah. And the future, like children is the future. And- exactly. Yeah. I just, if, if any, if anyone gets anything from me from this podcast is that I love the Terminator. I think it's the <laughs> best movie ever. I'll watch it anytime. I'll watch director's mm-hmm. cut, regular cut, whatever cut. VHS, DVD, Blu-ray, streaming 4K, you name it. I just love Sarah Connor's story. I just think she's just so powerful. She's just she like... She is. What a character. And that movie is just like this... It's still the scariest movie ever. Like It's not like Exorcist scary, which I can't watch anymore. Mm. But it's like... It's... Oh. I, I don't know if James Cameron intended this or another writer... But I feel like the the first Terminator, especially, it it feels like there's so many metaphors in the story. It's almost like a like a Greek god story of like the dangers of being a woman, mm. where it's 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 kind of like there's so many little things in there that I feel like equate to, you know, the Terminator in many ways represents like the evils of a lot of men out there in the horrible things that go down you know, every day. Mm. Kyle Reese kind of represents the other side a little bit, you know, of people mm. that want to help and want to want to do something about it. And I think that's what makes it so powerful in T2 is like, she's kind of lost her faith in mankind, you know, like just with the whole like race of people more than anything, who she's trying to defend, who she's trying yeah. to save. And of course, who is the one that helps her? the face of her demon of her nightmares, the T-800. And she has to let go and trust this guy, you know, that has the face of her, of her devil, you know? Mm, mm -hmm. And God, when she sees him again, what an intense moment. Skidding and falling and yeah. Oh, wow. Beautifully done. It's just so powerful if you've seen the first one and you go into that knowing like the the story of it. But I don't know. I've always seen the Terminator movies as like a story of like going through events that make you lose your humanity Mm. that you never wanted to get through. But then also being able to realize that you never lost them and you can get them back and you they're still a part of you. There's a thread. You have to find it. Right. And I think that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yes. But yeah, it's just like how I see The Shining as this family drama. I see The Terminator as kind of like the single woman's experience of, of living in a dangerous world. Mm. And and who do you trust and, and how do you, and you, you know, what do you do? What do you yeah. do in these situations? Can you trust anybody? And I think that part makes take. it so I'll sp- have to rewatch yeah. it with that. Because there's a great moment too when like, remember when she's going to the movie theater? She says, oh, I'm just going to go and go see a movie after her date cancels on her. In Terminator? Yeah, in Terminator. And then she gets on her little Vespa in the the parking garage. And it's just the spooky Terminator music playing. And she's looking around. And she's looking Mm. left and looking right. And looking around the cars and making sure no one's around. Checking out her surroundings like she's, you know, like a, like a, you know, mama lion checking out the terrain, you know. That's for, daily life for women. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm talking about. But it's like, exactly. if, if you haven't lived through something like that or know that fear, that scene portrays the fear in such a universal way. Yeah. Because you have that background of the Terminator music playing and you get that sense of 
it could be over there. You know, it's it's very scary. Yeah. There's something in the shadows, and that's that's something yeah. that that all women know, and and cis men they need the spooky music. Yes, and, you know, yes. we don't we don't need a fucking soundtrack. Like we know, <laughs> seeing the Terminator through a, through a, a women's lens is really different. Yeah, that's like interesting. It, it, it feels less literal the more I watch it. You know, it feels more symbolic the more and more I watch it. Yeah, yeah, I have to rewatch that one because the um I I grew up with T two and then like never saw terminator until like way down the line sure sure and that uh yeah that scene where she sees him in the hospital oh it's um, so good and i always only saw that without seeing the first one yeah yeah which uh which is context that you think would be important but it's it's such a strong scene that you right. don't actually need the first movie like you can actually a, yeah you can i'm infer. so impressed yeah. yeah that that a sequel stands alone um it's so powerful that it that it has that ability like I love the context that Terminator brings to it. Yeah. But um but you don't necessarily need it because it's all the power is there. Um yeah, she's like and it's such a solid story. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so like, it's so physical yeah. and so beautiful. She's like propelling herself backwards and like, screaming and shaking yeah. her head and like no and and she just like loses it and she was like such a badass and then just loses her shit yeah, and falls yeah. down and just runs in the opposite direction. And, and it's just in like, slow motion too. Yes. Yes. Very <laughs> effective use of slow motion, oh, which can perfect. easily be fucked yeah. up. <laughs> Not yeah. too slow though. Not too slow. Exactly. Just slow enough motion. And we didn't fuck up the audio. Usually like slow-mo audio is what will just like ruin slow-mo for me. Oh, well, they, they would have just, I, I they just had regular audio for that for that part i remember and just added reverb yeah like it, it was still in like the same like range of like it, it seemed like slightly slowed down but it wasn't like like the voice and draw like i i just i hate it like when i'm watching something i go slow-mo and everyone's like no. it's so goofy that i'm just like nope you lost me i'm done <laughs> like um what is it star trek the motion picture oh <laughs> do you remember that Rewatch. I'm not sure like which moment you're talking about, but I rewatched it recently, so I'll I'll know if you tell me. Please, I'm photon torpedo. torpedoes away. Oh my god, that whole that. Oh my god, that movie's great. The motion picture is underrated. That is a great oh, Star Trek yeah. movie. Gem. I remember it being excruciating as a child with all the um Yeah, know, I feel like kids wouldn't like that movie at all. It was I, I'm glad that like my my parents were there to put it within context um that you know made a difference to me later, which was that like, honey, you have to understand we had never seen anything like this before. We'd never <laughs> right, seen right. this before. We had never seen space portrayed like this before. Like this was all new and fascinating and like, whoa, it was blew our minds and then it kept blowing our minds. And, you know, and and, and I'm <laughs> I'm sitting there looking at like these slow sequences of like them, you know, like nebula, 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 more nebula, nebula. Oh, yeah, that's, like, that's like the whole movie is I'm just getting closer. Slow, to, um, expansive space shots. Yeah, to V'ger. They're just it's just the exactly. the voyage to V'ger. Once it actually gets to Veecher and like the story of Veecher, I was like, oh, I'm fucking hooked. I'm all it's about so it. Good. Yeah. It's fucking solid. Love it. Love it's like it. so Twilight Zone. It's just, it's wonderful. I adore it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Game I, 
search for God. I feel like anyone who likes Star Trek would probably also like Twilight Zone. Do you, would you agree? Maybe. Maybe. Not necessarily. I don't know. I feel like they have so much in common. It's such like a bizarre thing happening to someone. And there's a some kind of mystery. There, there aren't the, yeah, there aren't the continuous threads, though. And that I think something is um, that's something that I think some people might need is uh, is following a character, like falling in love with a character. Mm, uh, true. Evolution instead of like these quit shots, like something weird happens. Da da da. Something weird happens again. Da da da. Like <laughs> that's that's something that um that I'm aware like is kind of a barrier for some people. Totally. Where there's totally. the expectation of like, and then something weird happens, and they're like, yeah, okay. I I expect at this point that's that everything is bizarre. <laughs> um, do you know Futurama? Oh yeah, absolutely. I I love the spoof of uh, Twilight Zone and that the scary door. The scary, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> scary door. Oh my god, I love I love the Rod Rod Serling um like openings. They're just they're so funny. Like oh. his style is so cool. He's just so cool. He's just like smoking a cigarette, like sitting down in a chair in a suit, just mm-hmm. like opening up this story, talking about windows and doors and. Imagine a door behind a window behind the lens of time itself on the top of the grandfather clock of the universe. <laughs> take a step inside the door through the window of the time itself back through the gate over the fence. <laughs> you arrive not in a world but of your own, but of a, another zone, the twilight zone. <laughs> that was solid. It also reminds me, um, do you know Eddie Izzard? Oh, yeah, I know Eddie Izzard for sure. Do you know the uh, Dress to Kill? Oh yeah, I think I've I've heard that. I've seen that special. Yeah, best. Um, I mean, barring um recent additions like Nanette and uh Douglas, which are on par for me. Like, do you do you know Nanette? Um, I've heard. I know. I've I know of them. I haven't. I haven't seen any of the specials though. Hannah Gadsby. Yes. Yeah. No, I've I've heard of her. Yeah. Douglas. Um, like, but just the idea of like the perfect comedy set. That's just exquisite from start to finish. And like Nanette is that for me. And then that's like the first one that's happened like for me personally after Eddie is her dress to kill at Alcatraz. <laughs> nice, nice. And, uh, I'll have to check like, I'll have to check those out. Oh fuck. So good. But like yeah, that's I think that's my favorite Eddie Izzard show is is Dress to Kill, like without a doubt. And it's just solid start to finish masterpiece and he does address twilight zone and, and he does like this <laughs> you know and talk about like you know like banana pig and a hat could it happen no but it did in the twilight zone <laughs> <laughs> you know just putting weird things together and yeah and talking about the weird episodes and yeah are you are you a fan of the twilight zone honestly i haven't seen it since i was super small oh okay um, it wasn't played a lot in my house, uh, so I, I'm not as familiar with it. Like I know of like some of the the episodes that you need to know, like you know, like it's a cookbook, and you know, like there's time now, and you know, oh, the classics, yeah, yeah, like the classics that you need to live in the world and understand the jokes. 
And I've, you know, I've seen some of those like key episodes or like the gremlin on the plane. And, and there's oh, something at the wing. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, but as far as like having a marathon and like really settling in and like watching a whole bunch of the episodes, I haven't done that. I've just like seen the highlight episodes. I gotcha. I gotcha. Part of the culture. Yeah. The um, in-between weird episodes are like pretty awesome. They're like so bizarre, like very mm-hmm. spooky, very scary, some good stuff. They're like, uh, but they never like get into like Black Mirror, horrible I- Infinity Hell, you know, territory. I haven't fucking seen Black Mirror yet because I that's think, I don't think you would like it. That's the feedback I got where where like I had people watch it and they were like, "Oh my god, it's so good! You might not want to watch it; it might ruin your life." <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, I I kind of I kind of don't like the show, and I don't think you would like it. All right heard <laughs> uh, thank you for the honesty yeah because yeah, i can feel like, yeah. like i should because because it gets such powerful feedback and everyone's like holy fuck yeah. but then they're like critiquing 2020 and they're like oh i love like this new season of black mirror where they just like made us experience it and i'm like mm, well i'm not a fan of this year so maybe i shouldn't watch black mirror <laughs> yeah it's it doesn't have I don't know, it feels very like shallow to me a lot of the show. Oh, like, interesting. It feels like it's trying to make a point, but then just it's just very bleak and it's like but there's no I don't know, it's no fun allowed. Like I don't know, I like bleak, you know, German Austrian horror or whatever. But yeah, there's something about Black Mirror, it's like it's like beyond European. It's like mm. it's like biblical almost. That was that was quite a statement. I loved that. <laughs> It's like it's like Old Testament, New Testament kind of stuff. Like mm-hmm. I don't know, it's it's biblical in its in its in its uh, terror. <laughs> if I don't know if that makes any sense, but it does. It does. It's like too much. It's like it's like where's I don't know what the heart of the story is. I just feel sad and like and afraid. Like I don't. <laughs> yeah, fear and hopelessness. I get that in my daily life. No, I didn't. You. Yeah, I didn't think I got any like thing good out of that story. Like I, I don't feel like that was like it. It didn't inspire me in any way. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. Like it, it, I don't know. It found it. It kind of feels like a little, like it's a two dimensional show trying to be three dimensional. These may mm. be very controversial statements I'm making, but that's fine. But I don't know. Like as a fan of like really poetic horror movies, you know, I think that you and I both love. I I, I don't think Black Mirror has the same kind of intention, you know, behind it. If you know what I mean. I love it where even if everything goes to shit, I love it when there's a thread of hope that maybe somebody didn't grab. There's autonomy there. There's a choice where they turned away from hope and there's still a glimmer of it, like that it existed. But if everything is, is just completely bleak, 100% and you feel just completely sucked down a black hole of of just like inevitability or, or destiny that everything was always going to fall apart and there's nothing you can do. You're going to have to like approach that in a very specific way for me to like find interest in it almost at a certain point, because without that thread of hope that someone turned away from, it's not as compelling to me. No. And and the reason I say biblical when I, when I I was talking about this is because a lot of these characters in these shows experience this like infinity digital, like hell, 
Mm-hmm. Where like where like their consciousness is like copied and pasted digitally onto something else, and then they are put in this horrible situation for infinity. Hmm. <laughs> and it's like, okay, great, <laughs> great yeah. story. What am I supposed to? That that's a bad thing that could happen. Like, glad yeah. we addressed that. Now we're done. What do I take from this? Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah seriously. <laughs> what's what's the takeaway with this story? I don't understand. Like, don't trust technology. Like, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I understand it's something that has to be explored. The more and more we move towards technology, it's it's. Of course, we're going to explore that in various dystopian ways, such as, you know, like Terminator. That was like a really early version of of like, hey, so let's yeah. uh, w- what are we doing? <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like Terminator is like a lighthearted, you know, take versus like the Black Mirror show. It's understandable that with all the progress that we've that we've made and all like the the various ways that it's affected all of our lives and infiltrated almost every moment of our lives that it would get bleaker and bleaker. Like, so that makes sense to me. It it almost seems like there, there are certain movies that are made or books that are written or certain stories that are told where it seems like there's an inevitability where it's like, well, somebody had to do this. Somebody had to tell this story. Somebody had to take it. Right. And same way with like within, uh, within art history where like there's a culmination where it's like, there's a question that has to be answered. There's an answer that has to be sought. And then somebody does it, somebody explores, and it's like, okay, so we did that. Somebody had to. Now we're done and we can move on. Yeah, we can we can move on finally. Yeah, exactly. Like if there's somebody that's still doing like only cubism, it's like that was a visual question that was asked. And then there were, you know, it was a call for an answer and we explored it and we don't have to keep doing this. So it's it's like, you know, questions that are asked, answers that are offered. And then, and some of them have dead ends. And I think that happens in filmmaking too, where it's like, there are certain dead ends that we find where it's like, yeah, where there's, there's too much bleakness, um, you know, in, in terms of technology where it's like, and, and we tell the story of the worst area. Yeah. That's what like the vibe I get for the show is like, it's like technology equals bad, you know, don't let it consume your life or you'll Mm -hmm. end up in hell for the end of time. (laughs) Yeah. It's like okay, like that's a story to be told, but it kind of feels like a dead end. Right. A little bit of a rough punishment, you know, hell. A little a little extreme. Yeah. I don't know. I find stories where if you're in that situation and you can't die, that really scares me. I find that really scary. Mm. Like I find like the concept of hell and like demons from hell like just very scary. Mm. Were were you raised Christian? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but not like in any way that was like telling me, you know, that there's hell or heaven or whatever. Or at least not hell, you know. Mm. But I mean, you know, we went to church, you know, every every so often, sometimes more than others, but not not that often really. Mostly holidays, but you I know. would imagine even if you weren't like sitting through sermons about like damnation and hellfire, that 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 cosmological kind of like construct of morality or consequence would make an impression though. Right, right. I do find um biblical stuff like really interesting though, because it, it doesn't same, hold the same charge for me. Like um Constantine with oh, yeah. Keith Reeves. My partner and I are like a huge fan of that. Like that's our 
Mm, nom, 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 nom. Our, our, our level of goofy and like Christian mythology and, uh, and exploring that and so uh, fun with it. Yeah. And like that, oh man, that like scene with, uh, with Keanu and Satan and very groovy. That movie's so cool. I really, I haven't seen it in a really long time. It's been a while. So like if, if anybody's listening and you haven't heard it, like trigger warning, suicide. Oh yeah, that movie's pretty dark from what I remembered. It is. It's also oh my god. But it also like, felt like a superhero comic book kind of feeling exactly. too. I loved that. It was interesting. It it had an interesting blend of tone going on. It was it was cool. Well, I think the Keanu, I mean, if it weren't for Keanu and his cool factor, you mm. know, that I think that part really helped the movie a lot. Yeah. It had to be him. Especially like that, well, I think it's the opening scene, right? Where he's just like, he just walks in with a cigarette and he just puts it on the table, right? Mm-hmm. And he just does his thing. And he picks it back up when he's done, right? Mm-hmm. It just shows you just how casual he is and how little time he's expecting it to take because he's so good, you know? Mm-hmm. That calculation. It's just, I love stuff like that. That's just such, that's great, yeah. you know, yeah. show don't tell kind of stuff you know you learn a lot about his character through just that one scene you know oh so good awesome well Well, thank you so much for coming thank you for having me i had a great time this was so much fun i love talking movies with you i love talking stories in art with you i think you're 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 in it you're you're really uh, engaging when you talk about it you're very like you know we share the the movie language we know the, (laughs) the stuff we're talking about you know we 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 love metaphor and symbolism in movies. We like finding the heart of a movie, and I feel like so many people miss that. And um, yeah. they see movies too much just for what they are, you know, on the outside, and they don't, you know, read between the lines enough. Yeah, like I always got frustrated, uh, like watching movies with some people that weren't able to like follow. It, it must be like a certain way some people's brains work, like follow following like visual storytelling. Sure, sure. I- like get confused about like what am i looking at like why am i looking at this and i'm like well clearly we're being told that this is important and so or or like you remember that scene where we saw them like put such and such down now you and they're like who yeah and they're like what you know and and so exactly and and i'd get frustrated but it, it must be um like a an attention thing or like flagging things as important visually or you know just just um just different yeah. sorts of people. So I'm, I, I'm a pretty visual learner. I don't know if if you are as well. I'm a I'm a weird mix. I can't quite peg like which kind of learner is is stronger for me. Like definitely oh, okay. definitely visual, but like damn, I am like 100 percent down for just like a lecture. Like I miss just like going totally. to lecture college i just like sit there and just have someone who knows their shit who's good at talking and just like just tell me just teach me just like yeah. say things How, to me yeah right exactly and and i will just like like a sponge just absorb so that's i am auditory as well yeah i feel that and, i feel that yeah but i um, but i think to your credit you are also you are very visually adept when it comes to just aesthetic things and, and knowing noticing small detail aesthetically and appreciating you know and being able to and describe you know what what it is and why you think it's good you know thank you so it's great watching movies with you and great talking about movies with you 
and just is, talking about life and how our lives kind of connect maybe with some movies and and how we can uh, use art for for the goodness of ourselves. I think that's something that gets lost is is seeing movies as a form of art um, because we got into this rut where so many of us see them as entertainment now. And uh, right, sure, that's true. This weird line without realizing it. And they are an art form. Um, and art is an important part of all our lives. And yeah, movies have been made available to us in a way that is completely unprecedented. But really, it's just a new way of consuming narrative, which is something that humans are just hungry for. We crave it. We always have, like, since the dawn of time. Oh, yeah, we, we, need, we need our art. stories. 100%. Yeah, exactly. It's it's how we understand our our own existence and how we navigate our own existence is through storytelling and narrative. And we find ourselves, as you say, we find ourselves in other people's stories. We need that. And I think a lot of people are watching a lot of movies right now. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, well, they should watch any of the movies we talked about tonight, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, and we'll we'll keep coming back with some new suggestions. I love it. Thank you so much for listening. Movies with Hecate and Kim is now a monthly treat. Right now, we're watching some Survivor movies such as Enough, Sleeping with the Enemy, Fried Green Tomatoes, Waitress, and The Color Purple. If you have a favorite that you'd like us to consider, please write in to podcast.findingokay at gmail.com. Let me know if you're interested in joining me on the show. I would love to have you. Finding OK is crowdfunded and paid for out of pocket. I am unemployed with the pandemic and anything helps. Please consider donating. You only need $1 to help. $15 more and this month will be fully funded. Please visit buymeacoffee.com backslash finding OK to contribute. A link can be found on the podcast website www.finding-ok.com and I post links routinely on my Facebook page. I also post relevant articles, art, memes, and resources daily. Feel free to friend me. Hecate F-O-K H-E-C-A-T-E F dot O-K-A-Y You can also find me on Instagram. I have created a private Finding OK Facebook group for survivors. You are welcome there and I hope you'll join us. A huge shout out to Carrie Maxine One for your wonderful review. Thank you so much. You made my month. It truly means the world to me. Endless gratitude your way. I won't subject a bunch of listeners with PTSD to a celebratory air horn noise, but I assure you that my heart is filled with air horn noises. <laughs> Please take a minute to rate and review the podcast to help me reach more listeners. Reviews are featured on the new website and you get a shout out on the next episode. If you can't afford to donate, leaving a review and sharing online or through word of mouth is the best way you can help the podcast. Thank you so much for your continued support. Please share, subscribe, and donate if you can. Thank you again for listening. This has been Finding Okay. Black Lives Matter. Take care of yourself. Your heart is a muscle the size of your fist. Keep on loving. Keep on pointing. And hold on. And hold on. Hold on for your life.